The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, although the servants who had drawn the water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, but then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so pleased that you invited me to be here with you today to talk to you a little bit about Jubilee Ministries in the diocese. I'm a nurse in the ICU at Children's Hospital, and I serve as the deacon at Church of the Good Shepherd in Acton. But my primary responsibility in the diocese is as the deacon for AIDS in Africa education and advocacy. I'm co-leader of Jubilee, focusing entirely on our mission strategy goal of being active partners against the the struggle of AIDS, AIDS in Africa. Our goal is to develop and support model sustainable programs working with our partners already already in place on the ground in Africa. I like to think of our work as striving to embody the essence of Ubuntu, the age-old African term for humaneness, for caring, for sharing, and for being, being in harmony with all of creation. In a culture of Ubuntu, My joy is your joy, and my suffering is your suffering. In the baptismal covenant of our church, we say it this way. We will strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. One way we stay connected is by getting to know the people of East Africa and learning about their struggles. As we traveled last summer to remote areas of Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania, I remember the statistics. While only 10% of the world's population lives in sub-Saharan Africa, 
Over 65% of the world's cases of AIDS are found there. The average infection rate is 25%, but ranging from 6 to 40%, with over 12.5 million orphans in sub-Saharan Africa alone. As we traveled, we learned about the culture of denial that has perpetuated this tragedy for so long. But the truth is in the stories, and the stories and the sights and the sounds in Africa are overwhelming. And there is history behind the stories. Poverty, unemployment, malnutrition in a society steeped in mythic tradition and nearly paralyzed by fear. The problem is so big as to nearly overwhelm us. But we can and we are making a difference by caring for the sick, by feeding the orphans, and by supporting education, and by inviting people in our diocese to join us in strengthening these connections. In Maseno, Kenya, we stay connected by supporting the work of Nan and Gary Hardison, missioners from San Diego. Nan runs St. Philip's Theological College, providing seminary education, along with a focus on community development and effective responses to the crisis of HIV. Nan also works in partnership with the Mothers' Union, a core of volunteer women who work in parishes to provide high-protein meals, socialization, and education for children who have lost one or both parents to AIDS. Jubilee sponsors the feeding program, providing a high-protein meal for approximately 2,000 orphans each Saturday. Teachers and family members tell us of the tremendous difference this one meal makes, improving nutrition, concentration, and school performance. This past year, St. Christopher's in Chatham and St. Anne's in Lincoln have made an incredible commitment to fund uh, um, to fund two other parishes in the Maseno North region. A parish is a group of about six to eight churches, and so each parish has between three and five hundred orphans. Through their incredible generosity, nearly 1,000 children will be fed each week. Others are making plans to incorporate Jubilee into their mission outreach goals. And last year, the Congregation of St. Paul's in Brookline made a contribution of over $2,500 to fund the GOAT program for the Mothers' Union. Parishes from around the diocese are reaching out to make connections. Nan's husband, Dr. Gary Hardison, is director of the Anglican Mission Hospital in Maseno. This hospital, which exists through donations and has only the most basic supplies, provides essential services to those in rural areas. But the problem of access is real and severe. And Dr. Hardison, recognizing this problem, started the Orphan's Health Initiative, a mobile clinic that travels to one parish each Saturday, providing care to children and their families and whoever shows up. Their first Saturday, where they, when they had the, mo the mobile clinic, they had 350 people show up. Through the ICON project, students such as Newton 
organize and train, te train peers in, teen in peer counseling, education, and try to help educate youth about the problems and the realities of HIV, AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria, to dispel myths and to help reduce stigma, which are major roadblocks in fighting the pandemic in Africa. Last summer, seminarians from Episcopal Divinity School and medical students from Harvard Medical School traveled to Maseno to support the work of the Hardisons in the hospital and in the villages. And just days ago, college students from Boston University, Northeastern, and, and Boston College returned from a visit to Maseno, accompanied by Bishop Shaw. They worked with the orphan program, they volunteered in the hospital, and they stayed overnight in the homes of local residents. We also try to stay connected to the people in Uganda. Last summer, Jubilee members Elizabeth Keller and Kate Kress were honored guests at the grand opening of the medical clinic in Renzori. In the fall of 2005, Daniel Fort, a physician specializing in hematology and oncology, traveled to Renzori. For six weeks, Dr. Fort, hosted by Bishop Masareka and his wife, Stella, worked in the clinic, traveled to make home visits, taught continuing education classes, and consulted on other cases brought by physicians. When Daniel returned, his heart was on fire. Since his return, he's worked tirelessly to develop a program that will make the South Renzori Clinic sustainable and long-lasting. He's founded an executive board, including representatives from Jubilee and other agencies around the country, to plan for long-term long sustainable support for the center and for the important work that they do there. They also have an orphan education program in Windsori, which is entirely funded by contributions from Jubilee. We currently are able to pay school fees for 500 children. Primary school is free in most African countries, but past primary school, you have to pay school fees of about $250 a year. We're now able to offer direct connections to the education program where individuals and parishes and deaneries can sponsor secondary school children for one year. We try to stay connected to the people in Tanzania. In Tanzania, Jubilee has partnered with the Diocese of Tanga to develop and implement a home-based care program, training community health workers to care for those afflicted with HIV. While in Tanzania, we connect with villagers and hear their stories. Mohammed and Lucia are infected with HIV. They speak of their struggles with physical ailments, infections, chronic diarrhea, and fatigue, which make even day-to-day -day survival activities difficult. They speak of their families and their despair at being a burden to their children. We ask them what, they, what we can do for them, and they ask us for treatment so that they can continue on with their families, and they ask us for job skills so that they can contribute to financially to the support of their families and their communities. We meet Mary and her mother Agnes outside their small one-room shack with no electricity or running water. 
They are surrounded by children and a few baby goats. And we hear about the barriers to access health services that supply their antiretroviral medication, where they struggle to stay healthy amidst unimaginable circumstances. Each month, Agnes, frail as she is, walks 10 kilometers to pick up their monthly supply of antiretrovirals. And we meet Dominic and his daughter, Elizabeth. Dom is HIV positive, as is his daughter. He has lost four of his sons, as well as his wife, to AIDS. He's the leader of this community of extended family, where children far outnumber adults, caring for, and in some cases, carrying each other. In each community that we visit, we spend time in hospitals, ward of bed after bed of weak and desperate people. Many are infected with HIV AIDS, most have malaria, and some are co-infected with tuberculosis. A few are new, mom, are new mom, mothers, cradling their newborns, exhausted and weak. Some of those have been lucky enough to receive nevirapine, decreasing the risk of transmitting HIV to their babies by about 50%. As we look into the eyes of the people there and see the looks of pain and sadness, and in some cases, hopelessness. And outside the hospitals, we are surrounded, as everywhere, by children. We see the people in these communities coming together to care for one another. We learn about scores of programs run by dedicated volunteers and workers who understand that this problem is our problem. Our church, our community, our society, our world has AIDS. We witness their dedication to work at a local and systemic level, one issue at a time, for a better life for all God's people. We are connected to the people of Africa through our shared tradition, and we experience their faith and their unrestrained joy in the face of such daily hardship as they live and worship together. In Africa, they sing and dance the peace. It's a wonderful celebration, and it takes a really long time. Where is God in all this? Here in this place of desperation, there is much hope. The love of God is everywhere you turn, in every story, in the face of every human being. I've learned that there are a million different opportunities to see the face of God and to be the face of God in Africa. And I've been blessed to meet countless people in our diocese who already have deeply felt connections of the heart to the people in Africa, or who, in hearing the story, have come forth in love and amazing creativity to give what they have, be it money, talent in art or music, time to organize deanery walks, and all kinds of other fundraisers to support the work of the people on the ground in Africa. I admit when I first returned, I had trouble imagining inviting you into this work in light of what was happening in our own country. As we sat around the dinner table in Tanzania, debriefing as we did each evening, we looked up at the TV and saw the BBC reports of Hurricane Katrina. 
Then I saw a Newsweek magazine cover featuring a mother clutching her child as she's surrounded by the loss of life and property and devastation. At first I thought it was another issue on Africa, and then I looked closer, and realizing that it was an issue um, about Hurricane Katrina, it hit me hard. The root of all this, all the suffering I saw in Africa, all the devastation of the Gulf, Gulf states, and so much more in our own communities and around the world, the root of all this is poverty. And so we are called to share in the successful attainment of the Millennium Development Goals drafted by the United Nations to end poverty and suffering around the globe. We invite you to be part of this response by calling on our gov government's active leadership and involvement in the global response to those who are suffering. These are ambitious and life-giving goals. Our own mission strategy goals were drafted in response to the Millennium Development Goals. Our presiding bishop has made the Millennium Development Goals a primary focus of the National Church. And this March, we will join her and others at an international conference in Johannesburg to recommit ourselves with others in the Anglican Communion and around the world to make the MDGs our plan for Christian action. We invite you as individuals and as a community to embrace the Millennium Development Goals and to commit yourself to joining others around the globe in saying no. This is not okay. We cannot allow the suffering to continue. And you will make a difference by contributing to projects that support our brothers and sisters here in America and projects Jubilee and others currently work, support for the work in Africa. Opportunities abound for establishing connections, for joining with our brothers and sisters, for turning belief into action, so we too can join the dance. Amen.